0: You're listening to the Stag Sports Network podcast only on fairfieldstags.com. And welcome back to another Stag Sports Network pod special as we continue on checking in with all of our coaches as we head into the offseason, the summer months here. Uh, my name is JJ Duke. Thanks for joining us and glad that you've been able to stick around with us over the last few weeks as we've been knocking out content left, right and center and uh, continuing on this Conversation with our various coaches. Delighted to be joined now by uh, the the bench boss of Fairfield Baseball. It's Bill Currier. Bill, first off, thanks for chatting with us. And how's things been with you over the last few weeks?
1: Well, it's been a little different, just like everybody else, JJ. It's uh, it, although it's been a, a real positive time of connecting with alumni uh, via Zooms, and we've had the team on at least twice a week, and either hitters and pitchers or the whole team. We've had a lot of guest speakers and uh, fellow college great coaches that I've been in contact with through my years and, and uh, professional people that have been coming on, uh, talking to our players from the mental game to mechanics. So uh, we've kept them busy. We've kept them engaged, which I think is the important thing to do as much as we can uh, while they're not playing the game.
0: I'm curious, actually, to hear about some of those chats, and especially on the mental side. Baseball is a grind, whether it's the collegiate level, the professional level, where you're playing almost every day, give or take an off day or two. And all of a sudden, this season, you guys are raring to go, coming off of a great 2019 season gets cut short. We'll talk about that in a minute. But what are these guest speakers talking about in terms of these guys trying to stay mentally sharp when they're not getting their at-bats or their innings on the mound?
1: Yeah, Uh, this Monday was a great example. Our our team every Monday for the last three Mondays, we call it Mental Mondays. And uh, we are focusing on a a heads-up baseball book by Ken Revizza. He was one of the forefront mental uh, trainers, more or less. Uh, He started with the California Angels way back 25 years ago. And on that team was a teammate of mine from the University of Vermont. It was the fourth-rounder, 12-year big leaguer. Uh, Kirk McCaskill. And Kirk uh, was nice enough to to come on uh, this Monday night. And he was a disciple. He uh, really followed Ken Revisa when he was with the Angels. And he really made a big difference, he said, in his career. So it was perfectly tied into what we, we go over two chapters a week with our team on these mental Mondays. So Kirk just... Uh, uh, jumped right on the on the boat and, and did a great job of, of just talking to our pitchers about how to focus when to focus uh, what to work on what to think uh, pre-pitch uh, uh, preparation uh, the hitters what they're thinking how to stare them down how to use the mental game to your favor uh, he just hit a lot of great points and and a good question and, and, and answer time for our players and uh, uh, he, he was great we talked for an hour and a half so. Uh, we had Bobby Tewksbury on, who's a shortstop of mine at Vermont. It's worked with a number of big league hitters. Uh, he has a new software with Rex Tracks and Rapsodo, which Rapsodo we use in our program. And he's kind of combined it, and he has a, a new software he's uh, launching down in uh, Austin, Texas in another month. So he was on talking to our hitters just about pitch selection and, and just what they're thinking in the box and how to prepare for it and what to look for in a pitcher, and a release point of a pitcher. You know, it was great. Uh, kids are picking up things and asking great questions and a, a great Q&A time with, with some real uh, special people that have, have certainly been places uh, higher than our kids are uh, here in our program.
0: Yeah, definitely love the com- combination of both the mental side and the analytics side because, let's face it, baseball is a mental sport, and the analytics has certainly been driving this game over the last few years as we've seen it now implemented really all across the board. Um, so we kind of go back now to this past season. Obviously, as I mentioned, 2019, it was a great campaign where you guys just smashed a bunch of records en route to getting uh, into the championship round in the MAAC term. tournament. Now we go to 2020. Seeming like everything was set to have another big season, all of a sudden, 11 games in, you find out down in Florida that the season's over. Uh, Take us inside what that meeting was like and how the team reacted.
1: Yeah, uh, our record didn't show that we were doing great, but we obviously uh, had some very good competition uh, on our schedule early on, and that's what we do. We chase guarantees, and we're going to play in great ballparks and play against very good teams. And they're all national-level teams that make the, the regionals about every year. Um, we, uh, uh, you know, it just finished up a, a, a game at Stetson, which they're always usually a super regional or regional team. And one of my ex-assistants, actually a head coach there, Steve Trimper. And we played them uh, twice down there, J.J., and uh, the first time uh, 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 Trey McLaughlin had a no-hitter into the eighth inning, we lost, end up giving it up at the very end uh, uh, to lose that game. Three days later, we play them. We beat them seven to four, uh, out-hit them, out-played them, out-pitched them. And that was our our last uh, set of five games in the land or Daytona. And we were heading over to the other side of the state to play our three-game series against South Florida. And uh, uh, just before we were heading to the park, uh, we got the call uh, from uh, my my boss, Zach Dayton, and said, uh, uh, it is going to be over. The NCAA is going to make an announcement in 10 minutes. I just wanted you to know so you could talk to your team uh, before uh, they see it on, on all the social media that's going to be getting out very shortly. So that was a tough, uh, uh, communication to the team, especially to the seniors, uh, on the bus heading to, uh, work out, uh, and begin that three game series before we headed home from our spring trip. Uh, so the message was, uh, it's over, uh, the canceled, it's just not your season. It looks like all the conferences are, are canceling here like dominoes. And, uh, and not to mention all the other sports from major leagues down through college and high school. So, um, so the guys had a great perspective on it after the initial crushing uh, feeling, especially for our seniors, that that they felt like their career was uh, really cheated and cut short. Uh, um, so it was tough to take, certainly. But uh, as everybody was affected by it, our players had a, a very mature very understanding uh, uh, thought process of the world is bigger than just baseball. It's bigger than just my career. Uh, They felt, I think, and and they really handled it very well and uh, stayed in communication with many of them over the last two months. And uh, uh, they're moving on, uh, most of them, even though uh, four or five of them now are saying, no, I want to come back and use our fifth year here uh, and play uh, another year.
0: Yeah, that's an interesting question, because obviously how things have been changing in the landscape with the spring sports season, especially where students are going to get that opportunity to get that year back. For you as a head coach, how much does this change, Kind of not only just the roster making in general, but recruiting classes years down the line now, all of a sudden that you you have a pretty big Mm -hmm. roster coming back for next year, in addition to the recruiting class that we'll talk about in a little bit?
1: That's a great question, JJ, because that was a, a, a very uh, discussed topic with our coaching staff because, you know, we're getting ready to hit the road in, in the busiest recruiting month of, of June and July uh, for us. And, and we kind of had to look to say, well, who says a, a sophomore or junior or even a freshman this year are going to use their fifth year? Um, it's a little early to ask a sophomore, hey, you're going to use your fifth year that the NCAA has granted you. Uh, In two or three years, you know, so it's it it was it's kind of difficult to know who's going to what your depth chart is going to look like. So we kind of slowed down a little bit recruiting, uh, trying to get a feel for who's what kids in the senior class at least first are going to return for a fifth year that they got allotted. So um, we got an idea from a a couple juniors if they would like to uh, uh, come back for the fifth year because one of them's a catcher that makes a big difference in the catching and pitching to make sure you have the right numbers and you're not short on uh, certainly the catching position. So uh, there's a couple of pivotal uh, uh, things that we had to know, uh, which was going to direct our recruiting either to go a little quicker, a little slower, uh, how much. So we've been doing a lot of analyzing of video, I can tell you that, for recruiting, uh, which you usually like to see them in person. So we're, we're, we're slowing it down, but that's how we're evaluating and doing our recruiting for the most part uh, via online. And, and we've had some kids visit campus after they fill out their proper paperwork and stay in their car and take the tour themselves without uh, us being there because we're in a dead period. So uh, so we're trying to do everything we can to uh, fill some recruiting holes in the, in the 21 class, which is another year away, uh, before we... Uh, Uh, you know really know the landscape of the future in recruiting
0: you brought up something that's actually interesting baseball while it is starting to become more of an analytical game it's still a field game at the end of the day and recruiting you want to see the eye test you want to go and see how these players react in different scenarios so how much does that actually change now just watching video because a lot of the times it's just going to be highlight clips
1: Yeah. We already have five commitments right now from the 21 class. So these are juniors in high school moving to their senior year next fall. So we've really, we were fortunate. We were within a couple kids of finishing that class. So we, we didn't have to go real quickly. And we uh, uh, really think that we're in a good spot recruiting. Uh, We have nine freshmen and two transfers coming in uh, this, this fall. Uh, so we're in pretty good shape right now for in the recruiting world. So to have it uh, a dead period, it, it was it was we were going to get around it when it was uh, the end of June. Then they extended it through the end of July, uh, made it a little tougher to fill those last two spots. But we feel overall we're in a pretty good spot,
0: Coach. We've obviously now mentioned the fact that you've had to manage your roster side on um, the young players coming in in addition to the fact that you've got this, you know, extra year, this grace year that the NCAA has allowed. Now this also translates to the other side where you have a big group of seniors coming in. I guess the question here is there's a group of them that I'm understanding is going to be coming back for the next season.
1: There is. We're pretty fortunate to have four uh, pretty frontline seniors coming back for a fifth year, uh, uh, they're in grad school already. Um, we're very, very excited about them coming back and, and pitching. Uh, coming back is Eli Oliphant, who's one of the, the top relievers in the league last year. Uh, he's one of our frontline guys, certainly. Uh, Tristan Amone, a, a, a much-needed middle innings uh, left-handed pitcher. Um, and then our center fielder, All-Mac uh, uh, preseason, Dan Ryan, who was a, uh, one of the best hitters in the tournament last year. Uh, for us and uh, is going to patrol the center field again. So, and uh, the most exciting one coming back too is, is John Signore. Uh Siggy is uh, four victories away from the old time school record here. He's in, he, he's, he's coming up on the most innings pitch and the most strikeouts and uh, as well. So he's somebody that is coming back for his sixth year because he's in the finance uh, MBA program Uh uh, with Mike Cowell, who uh, still may come back also, so uh, we're real excited about John coming back and and uh, knocking down these records and certainly helping us get to another Mac championship, which he was a freshman starter on the sixteen team that uh, went to the regional. so we're excited about this group it's a talented group and and it's good to have them really uh, uh,
0: excited to come back and want to come back and, and play a fifth year or a sixth year. Definitely looking forward to seeing all those guys back wearing a Stags uniform next year. Yeah, so let's go ahead and just jump right into this recruiting class. And as you mentioned, it's a big group, 11 total members. They'll be joining the team for uh, the 2020-2021 athletics year. Three transfers and eight freshmen. We talk about the transfers first, and uh, you can see all all the players are going to be coming in on FairfieldStags.com. The big one that stands out to me, uh, coach is Sean Cullen uh, big first baseman a grad transfer out of Division Three Union College but if you look at the numbers this guy is putting up you have a feeling this guy might do some damage right from the get-go
1: and, and when he reached out uh, to us via an alum uh, Matt McLaughlin actually had had texted me at 10 30 at night JJ and he said hey got this kid that's a, a son of a good friend of mine at Union and he's set about every record there and he's a hit short of the all-time record and he's got 35 40 games still to play in division three uh, this year and a lot of people feel like he can hit in the middle of the lineup of any division one team in the Northeast so uh, we immediately went to work to check on him and things and you know I think he's a uh, a very good pickup. I think he's a mature kid. He's a bright kid. He's someone that is uh, uh, very much into baseball. And I think he's really looking forward to test his ability uh, with division one uh, uh, opponents. So uh, we're, you know, very fortunate to pick him up at the last minute, as well as uh, Owen Wasliger. He's another fifth year kid that came from Mount St. Mary's that uh, they don't have a grad school. So he was a Connecticut kid. His older brother Tyler played for me in one of my first years here, and uh, and uh, he uh, looked at us and, and wanted to play a fifth year. And he's he's a six five runner. He's very fast. He's an outfielder. Uh, he could fill a, a leadoff spot that we really haven't filled uh, real well since uh, Drew Archiolo left three years ago. So um, we're excited about those two transfers. Uh, Uh, The other one we already had in the house uh, was Matt Hayes. He's come from uh, uh, Lackawanna uh, uh, Junior College in in Scranton, Pennsylvania. This kid's been in college for two years. This kid was at Longwood. Uh, He was one of their best players stat-wise over the fall and then blew his knee out, had an ACL repair, and he sat out that year and transferred to uh, uh, JUCO and uh, he only played four or five games in that season and got you know canceled like everybody else. So he's a twenty-year-old freshman. I I every time I see him, I said he's a he's a he looks like a miniature uh, Mark McGuire. He's a big redhead, six four, two hundred and fifteen pound. Uh, really can swing it, first baseman. So uh, I think we're we added some real pop to the middle of our lineup and those two players, uh, Sean Cullen and and. Uh, 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 Matt Hayes. So I, I think we filled some some holes that we needed. One, a leadoff type hitter, and then some pop in the middle of our order. Uh, and then everybody else is pretty much returning this year. So I think we're in a real good spot with transfers and fifth-year kids.
0: Certainly what it sounds like is if you're going to be traveling over the diamond, you might want to bring a glove and camp out in a parking lot somewhere because you might have a ball fall into your lap, 400 feet away from home plate. Love it. Um, well, on hopefully, the other, Hopefully
1: those cars are behind the outfield fence, not the backstop where the parking true. lot is JJ.
0: I've always mentioned on broadcast. It's like always the one parking lot, which is just off to the right of home plate. Never want to park too close because all of a sudden you might find yourself walking out with a cracked windshield. That's probably the worst case scenario i um, looking at the other uh the rest of the recruiting class. It's definitely a mix that you have here. A lot of arms, a couple of infielders, a couple of outfielders. Uh of this group, who are the guys that are standing out to you right now that you might be able to say, "Hey, these guys could help us day one."
1: Yeah, I think uh the one at the the top of the list with the pitchers here is Evan Berta. He's a he's a left-handed uh 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 left-handed pitcher outfielder, uh, we feel he has the ability and the athleticism to be a two-way player. And, uh, he's somebody that's, uh, very similar to, uh, uh, to, a couple other pitchers on our team. Um, um, certainly, but he is, uh, uh, a kid that, uh, runs well, uh, very athletic, hit always in the toughest lineup on his travel teams. And, and, uh, he's someone we're gonna Uh, I think is be able to jump into the uh, uh, lineup pretty quickly either being a uh, weekday starter or uh, a pretty uh, good reliever coming out of the pen so and as well as uh, uh, we think he swings the bat pretty well so we're anxious to see him uh, uh, you know test his two-way ability in division one baseball right away.
0: Another player that came out, kind of stood off or stood out in terms of uh, the recruiting class. And a name that's familiar to those currently within Fairfield Athletics, Peter Osterson out of Staten Island, um, his sister uh, standout swimmer uh, for Fairfield's women swimming and diving. And uh, looking at kind of his resume, perfect game preseason All-American uh, heading into this year, has a you know, good build to him as well. Is he another one of those guys that you could possibly slot in there?
1: He is. We we got a couple good relievers coming in, like Peter, uh, uh, that that have a good breaking ball, uh, and a breaking ball really wins in college baseball. Uh, someone that can control it, someone that has good late break on it, and that is Peter. As well as he's a big puppy right now. He's going to get bigger, stronger, going to throw harder, and we think he's someone that it, it will be used in relief fairly quickly. So. It's funny. I asked him, I said, can you swim? Uh, uh, do you swim? He goes, yeah, I was a swimmer. Our whole family was. And I go, you better swimmer than your sister? And he says, uh, I used to be when I was like 12. <laughs> I said, that, that doesn't count anymore. He right. goes, the answer is no, then.
0: <laughs> okay. You know, as long as you're a star somewhere, you got to make it count, right. That's right. There you go. So again, if you want to take a look at the entire recruiting class for Fairfield Baseball coming in, make sure to do so on fairfieldstags.com. Now, lastly, um, did want to talk about this just a little bit. And for those who are within baseball circles, you know that obviously the college season very important in its own right, but the summer leagues are also a very important tool to keep everybody fresh and also just to give players an experience. Now, with the current status of how things are going and we're seeing a few leagues canceling their summer seasons how does this change the players not only their mindset but just getting in those reps that they not only now may miss in the summer but they didn't get in the spring
1: yeah you know we were afraid that they weren't going to certainly uh, we knew they weren't going to play in the spring we were unsure a month ago whether they were going to play in the summer Now we're seeing that the leagues are very restricted into pretty much leagues. only ones that are are running that are collegiately affiliated is the Futures League, uh, I know, in our northeast uh, area here, mainly only because they can commute to the games and go home. Most of all these other leagues host families, host the kids that are playing. And it's mostly families of elderly people that kids have moved away and they have space. They love the game. They follow the local team like in the Cape League or the NECBL, the New England Collegiate League. So they weren't going to be able to do that anymore. So not only the kids were going to be living on their own away from home, uh, but the host families couldn't host them. So I think those are the bigger impact personally of, of why the leagues could not go. Uh, so uh, I I think our kids are uh, it's like the Wild West now. I, I think they're they're really looking for local leagues that are going to go so they can uh, control the situation and they can commute back and forth uh, back to their home uh, after the games. And uh, uh, I think it's going to be. Uh, the only leagues that are going to go this summer so that's what our kids are trying to play and I think it'll go mostly through the middle of August from July and middle of August uh, so hopefully they do get some live play uh, uh, this summer before they head back uh, the end beginning or end of August to fairfield
0: yeah and you know that'd be great for some guys that are able to get those reps in but for the guys that may not be able to or might not have access to it's going to be a lot of home workouts and if you have access to a cage, go out and get it. I'm curious before we uh, let you go, who's got the best home workout setup that you've seen thus far? We were kind of talking before we went on that there's a, a bit of creativity out there right now.
1: There certainly is. And, and us three coaches, uh, Brian Fay and Jordan Tabakman and, and Harry Sable, we love getting videos from the players because uh, they're very creative. They're hitting in their backyard in a, in a makeshift uh, net or they, luckily they, some of them have a, a tunnel in their backyard uh, hitting in their garage off a tee into a net. Uh, they're lifting logs out in the woods. They're lifting cement bags and all sorts of things. Uh, Trey McLaughlin, one of our top pitchers, and was hoping to be a 10th-round draft pick this year, has uh, is, is great setup in his cellar. And I know uh, uh, a few players, as well as uh, Austin Pope, a pro kid that we had last year, uh, and Mike Cowell and a few guys are working out in the cellar in his weight room. So the guys are, are, are getting to it. They're not sitting sitting and being idle. Uh, they're making themselves better, and I'm pretty proud of them, the way they've uh, uh, self-regulated uh, their, their programs that we, we try to encourage them to do, and and they're really getting it done. And, and I think as we come back, uh, if they play some summer baseball or very little, I think they'll be really uh, chomping at the bit and ready to go and, and – and we plan to scrimmage uh, as many times as we can because we're never going to have as many fresh arms coming off a, a light summer and no spring as we have this year.
0: Yeah, for sure. And also, one more thing that we wanted to know, and you were very high on this uh, before going on air to record this episode, is not only are you guys getting the work in off the field, but they did an outstanding job in the classroom. And obviously, with the different the changes that came with this semester of now going to digital and virtual learning, your team were able to stay the course and came out with some very good results.
1: We did. We, we had a great semester. We had a 3-4-5, which is pretty much unheard of in baseball for baseball teams in college. This is my 34th year of head coaching, and I've never come close to that. We had a 3-3 three, three in the spring and now a 3-4-5. The kids are really getting it done in the classroom, and I'm proud of them. Uh, you know, You'd think there'd be a lot of pass-fail in that, but only about uh, 25% of the the classes, the kids elected to go pass-fail. So these are real grades, and, and the kids did a, a great job after uh, getting their lives turned around uh, to focus in on their academics and finish off strong. Uh, us coaches are, are very proud of them, and uh, turning in that kind of semester is phenomenal.
0: Yeah, kudos to your team, and really also all the student-athletes in general to not only have that, you know, bounce back ability but to really get the job done in very trying time so a great job by everybody coach that's going to do it thanks so much for joining us we really appreciate it
1: thanks for having me jj
0: absolutely so that's going to do it for today's episode as a pod special here on the stag sports network make sure to stay with us all on social media at fairfield stags on twitter and instagram and at stag sports net on twitter so i'm jj duke signing off until next time go stags Thank you for listening to the Stag Sports Network podcast. For past and future podcasts, visit fairfieldstags.com.